Hi, this is Beth Capici and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. like it's working though we had a wee technical difficulty which is a blessing in disguise because i started off really annoyed <laughs> why being a freaking taxi service man i'm fed up with it man <laughs> just spent the last hour taking the kids uh, and i spent the last two places. weeks just sh shifting human beings around and trying to make them happy summer parent burnout <clears throat> with no appreciation. Yeah, a lot of ungrateful kids in this world. But we're not going to talk about parent burnout <laughs> in summer today, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about conflict. I'm all about that. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to call this the value of conflict. And this is a really interesting topic for us personally. I've got my crazy Scotsman here today. And saying, he loves conflict. I don't love conflict. I just, you know, I hate people being daft, man. You I'm hate not, mincing words. I don't like cartwheels, man. I don't like people freaking dancing around, fanning around you know. With, fannying around. That's one that hasn't come up yet, but that's a real charming Scottish phrase. Oh, is it really? Not really. I kind of like it for a crass term. It is pretty it's crass, but it's, you know, here. Anyway, we'll go past that. And Okay. So we will talk about the value of conflict and how conflict can seem like a negative thing, but it can lead to many <clears throat> positives and why it is so essential. And not just in marriage, but any relationship. So I'm going to read a quick quote. When I Googled the value of conflict... The first thing that popped up was this quote from a website that's called 123helpme.com. And it says, the word conflict stirs up thoughts of anger, friction, mistrust, frustration, and hostility. Rarely does anyone think of conflict as a tool for deeper thinking, better results, and communication that is more dynamic. This really fits some... Um, wisdom from Dr. John Gottman, who I think of as sort of the guru, the marriage guru. He's done 30 or 40 years of research on couples and analyzed their communication mm. patterns. And he says that processing through conflict can lead to better intimacy and closeness and understanding. So 
those of us who are on the conflict avoidant end or the peacemaker end, like I am, need to be aware that that's not always the best thing, the best practice. <coughs> and it's not healthy for a relationship to avoid conflict. Conflict is inevitable. And so really the key to conflict is just dealing with it in a constructive way and learning from it. And I'm watching Remo looks like he's trying to read something himself over there that he probably Googled, but he needs his reading glasses. Would you like me to get your reading glasses? Hold on a second. I'm the gentle calm, um, <laughs> the calmness in the storm. Okay. So just you carry on. You're the calm in the storm. Uh, yeah, man. I'm just, I'm letting you, I'm just waiting for you to fire some, some aggression my way. Really? Okay. And we can start talking a bit, you know, diffusing stuff. <laughs> I think I should get you your reading glasses so I don't have to watch you squint. That's okay. <clears throat> I'll stop squinting. Okay. Stop reading. So when I talk to clients about assertiveness, I like to use a scale where five is actually the goal. And that's the assertiveness, which I think of as speaking the truth in love, being direct, being clear, being straightforward, speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth shall set you free. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Sometimes it sinks people. Well, it's important to get the truth. It is, man. There. You know, whether it sinks them or floats them, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They need to hear it. Um, so I wish somebody would tell me what mine are, like, you know. Tell you what your truth is. Just are? want you to get more like honest. Yeah, and more verbal and confrontational. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'm let you wear the gloves it. tonight. You just, just pound away. I'll put the headgear on. I can attack you. Mm -hmm. um, well, so 10 would be the attacking aggressive end. Mm -hmm. And one would be the internalizing end. end um, and like a doormat, someone that mm -hmm. holds it all in and underreacts to things, doesn't speak their mind, doesn't share their thoughts, feelings. A 10 is someone that, shares how they feel in an in potentially a destructive or mean or cruel way. So a 10 as a <clears throat> just being end. horrible, just that no horrible, just just yeah. for the sake of it. Yeah, just cruel yelling, name calling, you know, verbal yeah. abuse, yeah. emotional abuse. That's not right. good. So I, you know, think five is the goal. But if you're close to a five, then maybe that's not too bad. Like if you're at a four, you might not be fully, fully assertive and honest, but you're close. If you're a six, you might be a little harsh, but. I mean, it know. doesn't need to be a fight, right? I mean, it shouldn't need to be a fight. Right. Um, I mean, obviously for it to be constructive, it shouldn't be a fight. Right. Well, and I think that the reason conflict is something not to avoid is because it's inevitable. We all have different agendas. I mean, as we raise our kids, we see constant differing opinions about, I want to do this. I want to do that. Our kids are mirroring a lot of the classic arguments that all people have. Like, I already did my chores. Why do I have to do that? Tit for tat. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's your turn. I, I did, did my 10 dishes. Did. Yeah, I washed 10 dishes. I helped for five minutes. Like, I shouldn't have to do anymore. And really a lot of couples end up like that, you know, roommates end up like that. I mean, no matter what your age or stage is, people have different agendas, different opinions, different needs. So it, you're going to 
have different viewpoints and, you know, argue and have differences. So if you can talk about those in a constructive way, then it really, really helps. Um, and that just brought to mind, I saw someone recently who's kind of a newlywed, been married less than a year, and she had heard the metaphor of marriage being like a mirror, which is always a metaphor I have loved. And she was saying that she's just seeing herself in a different light through her spouse's eyes, and it's been hard. And she said a lot of her friends had kind of warned her that that's an interesting piece of, of a new marriage or a new relationship um, of any sort. When you live with someone, you can't really hide your moods or, you know, you just kind yeah, of show your bad you. habits. Huh? Yeah. So talking about how you see things, how you view things, what things mean to you, um, and then realizing you're coming from your own center. And we call that, you know, egocentrism when you're viewing the world from your perspective and you're not viewing the world from others' perspectives. Mm -hmm. So we need the other person to translate, like, how do you see this? And I think you and I have found, you know, we have had many unhealthy conflicts, but we've had some really helpful conflicts where you've pointed out your viewpoint. I might've been thinking, wow, he's overreacting. Why did that bother him so much? I don't understand where he's coming from. But once you've explained it, I could see where you're coming from and I could understand your viewpoint and understand how you felt, um, which is some of what I was reading when I Googled the value of conflict as well. Um, this group called Focus on the Family talked about how conflict can help you appreciate your differences. It can help you anticipate and resolve future conflicts, help you break old patterns, know where you stand, bring you closer lead to higher levels of marital satisfaction, bring problems into the light, and it can humble us. <coughs> okay, so. we, we all understand all those things. And we can go on and on and on about all the, the beautiful, wonderful things that conflict will bring, you know. But really, at the end of the day, the unhealthy conflicts, I would say, are, you know, maybe unhealthy, but... Um, it probably shines a light on, a, on a, an issue that needs to be dealt with, you know what I mean? Yeah. We all have blind spots and that's where, you know, the marriage is a mirror thing. It, like that can actually elicit or bring to light things we don't see in ourselves, things we need to work on. And I mean, let's let me and you, right. I mean, we'll just talk about us for a second. I mean, mm -hmm. you come from a different dynamic than me mm -hmm. and polar opposites. I mean, if you really, if you look at me and Beth and we get married, <clears throat> a lot of her friends were like, Oh my goodness, that's, that's, I don't think that's a good fit. And that's an unlikely pair. And your family also, they all were like, you know, we have, have a sit down because this guy is some of them. Okay. <clears throat> they didn't all get on the phone and chime in and put their 10 cents on it. No. No. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, from, from where I came from, um, you know, an unsheltered, um, more of an aggressive city, uh, people, you know, um, just a more rambunctious kind of society. Than, yeah, kind than, of brutally honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Scotland and, and I wouldn't change anything about, you know, the Scots and it's, it's part of the charm, you know, that, um, you, you know, know where, where you stand, stand. <laughs> you know, it's, um, That's funny. so <laughs> they don't hold any punches, you know I mean? And, and, um, 
And they're no brutally, brutally, brutally honest, but if somebody needs to, they're like, you know, <clears throat> you'll find some of your pals like, hey, man, that's, that's, I mean, you have friends that'll just tell you, you know, that's how hard they're, man, you can't do that, you know? Whereas I, I watch people doing stuff here and, and nobody says, hey, by the way, I don't think that's clever. I think you need to watch what you're saying there or, or with friends, you know? They, yeah, you they hit everybody the just tiptoes around conflict, yeah. I mean, with, with anything, you know? And it's like, and then you come home and talk about it with your, your spouse and say, you know, I kind of believe what he done. And, and you'd rather do or it. Or even right the kids, face. kids would yeah. be saying, you know, stuff like that, you know? And I'm like, did you say anything to them? Like, you know, I don't think that was nice. You did that or. Well, where do you think you are on the one to 10 scale? Oh, I'm up at near the top. No, let's not exaggerate though. Just truly on a, on a regular basis. You say um, eight. on average. conflict, your average. Just, just what when I start how assertive you are like are you do you tend to be kind of brutal and you know we know I think you're I'm about a seven a yeah I was gonna say seven and um you know I Except can I can mad. go to ten yeah I've seen that <laughs> you know and I, I'm it's unfortunate for you that um it's been a real rude awakening <laughs> you know and by the way Come you on. know it's you know people say you know it's like a mirror you know so you have it in you too which the 10 you've seen a 10 yeah i've seen you you know kind of lose it did it scare you no did you like it no i didn't like it i'm just saying you know it's i do remember you saying you know there was kind of a release you know to kind of get some of the stuff out because you are from a family who does hold things in and yeah. more than what you want to and and then when you do get to a point where you're at 10 you've not been releasing stuff that you should be telling me or you know kind of getting it there you kind of explode you know i mean i've seen mm -hmm. your mom do that oh, yeah. too so i <laughs> tell clients because i i do this and this is a common pattern of people who avoid conflict is they underreact over and over and over, right? Underreact. Builds and builds. There and may builds. be a yeah. There may be at a two or a three or a one. Yeah, I'm not a doormat. And, I'm five. Right. and then after maybe twenty underreactions, they overreact. Right. So they stay at a two or something most of the time, and then they go to an eight or a nine. Or they don't do that. They just unload on somebody else, you know. Yeah, that's and then more they just gossip and they just yeah, start behind talking. people's back. And that's not teaching anyone anything no. when you don't point out the issues. Well, you're not teaching anybody anything. I mean, you're just yeah. like airing your views. Like, you know, yeah. why you know Well, there's a big difference between being nice and being loving. Right. Giving people what they want versus what they need. Right. And I think, I, you know, I kind of make fun of myself because I say sometimes I think I can have the wimpy kind of love, which is not tough love. It's overly sensitive, people pleasing, trying to be nice kind of love, which is not as brave as being honest. And I think that we do ourselves and others a disservice when we don't tell them the truth. It's actually, I think, really loving to tell people the truth. If you can do it in a kind way in a constructive way. And you need to be, you know, open to receiving that too. Um, so I think um, helping people by opening their eyes and in sometimes that's just letting them know how you feel or how something affects you. And it's interesting. A lot of the couples that I work with have one person that's more, you know, above a five and one that's below a five like it you you rarely it's kind of like you rarely see couples who they're both night owls or they're both morning people more often than not there's one of each 
And I see that with conflict too. More often than not, there's one who's way more comfortable with conflict and maybe even a pot stirrer. You know, I don't think it's good to love conflict or hate it. I mean, I've known that in my life as well, you know, and, you know, they hold a frickin', they've got a big wooden spoon stuck in their back pocket and any opportunity, man, they just stick it in there and stir it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you shouldn't like it, but you also shouldn't avoid it. And yeah. I mean, it's, um, it should be done, like you say, in love, but I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know what conflict's done in love. Um, well, I told one couple, I said, have you had any positive conflicts lately? And every time they came in, I was trying to drive home the point. Of, you guys need to be fighting more. Yeah, you need to be <laughs> having healthy arguments because you are going to argue. <clears throat> it's not healthy to be just like this wonderful, non, you know, just harmonious couple that never has any yeah. differences and well, and the research shows from Dr. John Gottman again, that you're more likely to get divorced if you don't argue enough or well, have we're good then. conflict. <laughs> and you're less, you're also more likely to divorce if you have too much conflict. No, so like, we're, again, we're good then. a happy medium. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> probably in the middle somewhere. Um, <clears throat> but I will say know. I'm the one that probably brings up more conflict than that else. Yeah, you in do. In our relationship. Yeah, and I, I don't think that it's really great to avoid it at all because you aren't kind of reaching a mutual understanding if you don't talk about it. And you tend to grow further apart when you avoid it. Right. Because the issues aren't getting resolved. Right. And then you don't understand them as well when they don't explain themselves. Right. And then when it comes up again, you know where he's coming from or you know where she's coming from. Exactly. You're like, okay, all right, I, I know where this is coming from. Yeah. And um, I understand you better mm -hmm. and the way that you think, you know, yeah. it's different than the way that I think, but yeah. I understand the way you're thinking. And, yeah. um, and then it gets less mm -hmm. when, when you start understanding each other and what way you just think, right? Yeah. Well, and it's heartbreaking when you hear stories of, you know, someone might say, oh, when I was, you know, 12, my father just up and left and no one ever knew why he left mm. or my mother just left. And, you know, I have had clients that I could see that happening with them. In fact, I told a man that recently. I said, you're, you know, you've been holding Pushy. in your frustrations for so long and his marriage is about over. And I've been trying to encourage him for a couple of years to like, I've role played and like, write your letters, write your list. And he struggles so much with conflict and hurting feelings and He's just quite well, the demise man right yeah, there. It is. It is. And yeah, by the time they finally open their mouth sometimes, and it's basically when they leave or when they file for divorce and the person's like, I didn't know you were miserable. Yeah. I didn't even know what. Well, that, goes, that has to go back to your family issues, man, and the way that they dealt with each other and all that, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, like you, if you'd met somebody who was non-conflict, you know, confrontational. yeah, confrontational and, um, I know that I'm um, the, the, you know, love confrontation. It's just, you know, when I met you, I was like, wow, you guys just don't um, talk about any issues. Like you just kind of, I mean, I think I was the first person to ever say anything to your mother. <laughs> and they were, everybody was like shocked and nobody's ever said no to Peggy. <laughs> and um, I mean, I love Peggy, but I love saying no to Peggy too. 
Well, and one thing that drew me to you was that I did know where I stood. And I think that sometimes we're drawn to people that have traits we don't have, traits that we wish we had. I felt very um, relieved to see that you weren't out to please people or you could say what you thought. And, you know, it, it takes courage. I mean, you know, again, you can take it too far, but I even remember that I had an old, old friend from high school who talked really, really loud. And if I ever gave him a ride somewhere, I would plug my ear <laughs> subtly because it was so loud, but I was too sensitive or nice to tell him, but it really would have Stop been helpful. screaming at me. Yeah. It would have been good for him to hear like, Probably people don't want yeah, to be around you, you as know, much. Yeah, I probably do this with loud. everybody. Yes. And you told him. I don't know if you remember that. But oh, you I did? Said, yeah, you said, like, you're yelling. Well, like you showed it me. Yeah. And I thought, who, wow. Oh, I was going to say, who was that? Yeah, no, but, um, okay. yeah, you know who it was. Um, but anyway, I thought, wow, that's hmm. brave. And it's actually loving because oh, yeah. that's helpful. It's like coaching, you know, like part of life is going, hey, did you realize? <clears> that well, I was right there, and it was it was like literally just shouting at my face, and I says, "By the way, man, you know, there's no need to be shouting at me." <laughs> I said, "Why are you shouting at me?" He goes, "What?" Well, I think he was kind of shocked. Uh-huh. I said, "By you're very, you know, loud." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyway, it's like people spitting when they talk. You know, you're like, "Hey, man, swallow before you talk." <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know what's going on in your mouth, mate, but um, you know, you sort that out. Well, so the other day I had a couple in my office who were both peacemakers and conflict avoiders. And it was the mm. first session I had ever done with both of them. And they're an older couple and they had kind of been traumatized by previous couples counseling, which felt like it opened a can of worms and caused problems. And they were afraid to go home after a session. They don't want to go back there. I don't want to open that can again. Yeah. So it had been, I think, 20 years since they had been in a session. So I had to be very careful with them. And, you know, they were both walking on eggshells and kind of like wary and going, is it okay if I talk about this? So I'll just give you a little, um, I don't know, summary. You might find it interesting. So I started because I could tell they were both so tentative and nervous. I said, why don't we start with you both talking about two things you really appreciate about your partner? And they both did that. And that seemed to really encourage them. They're very disconnected. They both admitted that they're not happy, um, even though they're in it for the long haul. They just kind of settled into a very mediocre or below. Yeah, I mean, that's life, right? I mean, you you get past the kids and the kids have left and and they stay in that kind of and you grow apart and you don't grow talk apart, about right. how you're feeling because you're afraid it's going to cause problems. And then spend time with each other enough when the kids were still in the house, you know, kick this, kick the kids to the, the car, but we mm-hmm. touch man. And then, you know, deal with your marriage. Yeah. But I mean, did they, cause I remember you telling me a wee bit about it before you go any further that, that when they were saying nice things about each other, um, I think did he know say, um, he was, blown I never, away. I never knew you felt like that. Yeah. One of the compliments she gave him, he was, really blown away by and he he'd never heard her say that before that's it was, crazy how long have you been married i think 40 years that's crazy um maybe 30 um so then i said why don't you each talk about one thing you need to work on so that 
you know, they were super wary <clears> about <throat> hurting the other one's feelings. And I right. Like, we Criticize yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly think that's a good rule of thumb in all marriage therapy is really just let's talk about what you know you need to work on. And they both shared something and it was good. And, you know, they both left going, okay, we'll do this again. And the wife was so relieved because she was so nervous about bringing him. He was so relieved because he was afraid that they would go home. But that's great. That's the example of a two people who neither is a conflict type mm -hmm. of person and they avoid it. Mm -hmm. But then I think you've heard me say my ships being off by one degree mm -hmm. and how they get further and further apart. And then you don't redirect and correct your course. If you don't talk about stuff, you just mm -hmm. kind of continue on that same trajectory, which is dangerous. It's a good analogy. I mean, yeah, it doesn't take much to bring you back together. Right. You know, one degree, you know, will bring you back together. Yes. And if you can share how you feel in a very clear way, but a non-attacking way and just say, hey, you're different. I'm different. I need this. You need that. We have different needs, different filters different genders, whatever. Well, and we also grow, right? I mean, we're all, we're also always growing and changing. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I know I've changed a lot since I've met you and, and you brought, uh, you know, a lot of your assets that you have into my life and I've adopted them. So, I mean, I've become less of aggressive than I think I used to be. Mm -hmm. And I think you've become more aggressive than you used Assertive. to be. Assertive. Aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, a funny thing we've always talked about is you were more on the uh, extravagant end with money when we met. Not extravagant, but you weren't careful, really. You would just go blow like $100 on yourself at a meal, having a few beers, you know, before we got married. And you wouldn't even try to find like a free parking spot. You would just go right to the $5 parking lot, you know. And I would be... Well, time is more important than $5. Well, I think we've influenced each other on that as well, because you pointed out the value of quality. Um, like you talked me into a really expensive mattress and a really expensive vacuum cleaner. And I then realized, wow, like... Everything should be quality. What are you talking about? <laughs> why buy an $80 vacuum cleaner that's going to probably burn out in a year or two when you can buy a $500 vacuum cleaner that lasts for eight years? Yeah, unless you have a cleaner that rips the crap out of stuff and yeah. batters your vacuum to smithereens. <laughs> well, Dr. John Gottman says, let your mate influence you. And that's really kind of like the iron sharpening iron. like trying to become a better version of yourself. And I think you've become a little more careful with money and I've become a little less careful with money and, and learned to say like, it's worth spending a lot of money on a mattress. That's your health. That's your sleep. You know? Well, you spend the majority of your life there. Right. A lot, a lot, you know, some more than others, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. So Maybe a good question, and you might have a few ideas too, but with your, you know, anyone that you're close to, whether it be your child, your parent, your spouse, your roommate is, you know, help me understand where you're coming from. Um, the sandwich technique is a really great way to bring up conflicts. It just start with a positive or a disclaimer and then go for your the juggler, <laughs> go for the criticism or whatever it is, the conflict, discuss the difficulty. Um, and then end on a positive. 
Um, actually, I had this. That's it, man. You know, that's just crazy. Just slash the crap out of them and then, you know, give end them with a positive. But see, the there, see, it's funny. That's the way you're viewing it. It's just you don't slash the crap out of them. <laughs> a five is the goal. <laughs> okay, that's right. That's a, you'll or be a little, like, oh, it's stabbing, little poking wounds, you know, little, maybe a needle where you. We just jab them in the arse, you know. And, oh. If you were my client right now, you would leave and go home and say, "Well, my therapist told me to, to start with the leather, the crap and then it, yeah. slash the crap out of them, and then end with a positive." And they'd be like, "Wow, your therapist sounds crazy." <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, "That's what I heard her say." I'm kind of half cutting here. I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to wind her up. <laughs> um. No, I have a maybe a funny one to end on. Um, and there's this is just literally the beginning of a conversation. I mean, just scratching the surface. Communication and conflict is huge. Um, and we really could go on for hours. But yeah, I mean, it's just about, you know, <clears throat> you know, having the courage to speak up a bit. Yeah. At when something bothers you, you know, I mean, you don't need to be horrible a bit. Of, yeah. Just like, you know, I don't I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to. My way is better. I want to tell you this quick story. It's a very lighthearted story about a conflict that could lead to a major problem over something minuscule. And I think anyone knows, any anyone that's been in a relationship is shocked at how such a tiny thing can lead to a huge conflict. So this is a real story. Um, in my office, this couple, <coughs> the. The woman was excited because the night before um, her fiance told her that he was going to go out and buy some muffins the next morning. And she was so excited. And then the next morning, it turned out that the bakery wasn't open in time to get those muffins. And she was like in a work meeting or something. And he didn't bring the muffins. And she was so upset and so annoyed and irritated and then she was also irritated that he didn't but she didn't of, say anything well no she was she's actually probably a little bit more on the aggressive end than he is he's more of a peacemaker but what she was also annoyed by is that he didn't kind of peek his head into her meeting like her zoom meeting to tell her that the bakery was closed so that would have like she's more sensitive and disappointed by things like that so from his perspective, he's thinking it's not that big of a deal. I wouldn't be that upset if she told me she was getting muffins and she didn't. But she was like so excited, so geared up. And then she's right. like, why wouldn't you come tell me? And he's like, I didn't know you'd want me to interrupt your meeting. <laughs> and so it was like this really nice gesture that he had turned planned in turned argument. into he's the bad guy. Yeah. He's ruined her day. Yeah. She's devastated. And he's kind of a people pleaser. So he was really upset, but also a little horrified that she was making such a big deal out of it. So it became kind of a big fight. So um, we kind of, you know, talked about some of these ways of understanding each other and understanding why was that such a big deal for you? Why do you get so disappointed with letdowns like that and understanding that he didn't know it was well, a big so, yeah, deal? Yeah, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be that big deal. I mean, if it happens over and over and over and over and that's like a thing that happens all the time, then you're like, okay, this is... But it helped him understand her better mm -hmm. to just say in the future, I realize she gets so excited and giddy about this, that her crash is going to be worse than mine when she's disappointed. Right. So just don't tell her anything. Just surprise her. <laughs> well, you and I have and some of those And then you surprise things. yourself. Well, I'll take it really hard if you want to cancel going to a party 
I have FOMO and you have JOMO, Don't the joy of missing out. And um, I have the fear of missing out for those who don't know what FOMO is. But I have been like kind of despairing at times when you've like canceled, you know, you don't want to go to a party or something. But anyway, going back to them, this is kind of funny. So it was neat because it was enlightening for both of them to understand that their perspective and their filter on the situation, he was not thinking of how she would view it. And she wasn't understanding how he would view it. He was trying to be considerate and not interrupt her meeting. Sure. He's jumping to Yeah, I mean, she could get annoyed at that. Right. And he was trying to do the most considerate thing or what he would want. And she, but that conflict helped him to then understand she processes these things and views these things differently. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's possibly a no win situation right there. You know I mean? The guys, the poor guys, like I'm going to go and get some muffins, kind of get the muffins. And why'd you know, tell me, I mean, if he'd come in and disturbed her in the meeting, she would have probably got annoyed at that. No, she, know? well, she, I don't think uh, she would have, but she was, he thought she would have, that that right. would be the ruder option. So his gut was probably right. I'll just say that. Yeah. And sometimes people get, attacked when their intentions are good right or they get you know they're viewed as doing the wrong thing when their intentions were in the right i mean place. i've done that too i mean you know you, you, yeah i mean you try to bring me food and i'm working and whatever else and, and i'm engrossed in what i'm doing and i'm really no interested in eating but i really should have stopped and appreciated you for doing that but i really didn't show you the appreciation and and you took it to heart you know and felt you know. Right. And that's why processing why things mean different things to different people is so important. Right. It's not like he was right or she was right or he was wrong. It's just they are viewing it differently and they have different needs. So when we talked about it, all those principles came out and it was so great. And so I'm going to end here because this was such a, a witty thing. And this will be the last thing I say today. Really? I said to them at the end of the session, I said, can I share this? you know, as an example with other couples, or maybe even I mentioned the podcast and the guy goes, yeah, I think so. As long as you switch the example from muffins to scones, <laughs> <laughs> then nobody will have any idea what our identity was. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And have yourself some positive conflict. Go grab a scone. <laughs>